Hey guys, welcome to episode 5 of Niagara Sports Talk. I'm your host, Robert Lewis. Sorry for the delay. Uh, I've been super busy and I might have to rearrange the scheduling of my shows uh, just because I do have my work schedule now. Uh, this week was a bit of a weird week for me. Uh, so basically I'll be dr- uh, working uh, every day except for Sunday and Monday, midnight to 7.30 a.m. So in case you didn't already know, didn't already know that that's going to be torture. Uh, but here I am now, I finally found time to film this podcast, and honestly, the delay worked out for the better, because, wow, a lot, and I mean a lot of stuff happened yesterday. Uh, we're gonna try and talk, get through this week's news, lots of things to talk about. Uh, we're gonna talk about Akil Thomas making his pro debut, but not on North American soil. Uh, we're gonna talk about a couple of signings, uh, made in the National Lacrosse League involving the St. Catharines Athletics. We're gonna talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. We're gonna talk about the QMJHL, uh, which includes one, an Ice Dogs player, hilariously enough. And we're gonna talk about the return of the OHL. That and more on episode 5 of Niagara Sports Talk. So to kick things off, I'm going to talk about the uh, earliest piece of news that happened. Uh, Kiel Thomas, former Ice Dogs uh, captain, most recently uh, playing for the Peterborough Peets, LA Kings prospect, and living legend here in Niagara. He's been sent to Eisbaren, Berlin. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, basically, the Berlin Polar Bears. Uh... And he's going to be playing there. Uh, part of the reason why it's that team specifically is because uh, the same ownership group uh, owns the LA Kings and Eisbären Berlin. So he's going to be he and a lot of other LA Kings prospects are going to be playing for them, and he'll be making his pro debut in Germany. Uh, just a little little bit of background on Eisbären Berlin, according to my research just now, because I really don't plan the, these podcasts well. They've won. Uh, seven seven championships, and the last one coming in 2013, the first one in 2004. It appears the team started in 1990. Uh, last year they had 94 points uh, in 52 games, and the season obviously was canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So Akil Thomas appears to be joining a great franchise. I'm I'm really excited to see how he does at the pro level. I know Aiden Dudas will be joining him, Jacob Ingham, uh, just to name a couple of LA Kings prospects from the OHL. I, it's going to be really exciting. Congratulations to Akil Thomas. Uh, we certainly w- wish you the best. We all love you. We all miss you. Uh, go uh, go Polar Bears. So moving on to a bit of St. Catharines athletics news. Uh, the National Lacrosse League draft was recently. Uh, bear in mind that I'm not too familiar with St. Catharines Athletics yet. However, I am working on increasing my knowledge about them. Uh, I'm going to start off with the thing that came first. Uh, this was reported on... Okay, the website s- says September 25th and September 23rd. Halifax, you may want to sort that out. Uh, but the Halifax Thunderbirds, they selected defenseman Owen Friesen. Uh, he, he plays for the St. Catharines Athletics. In the third round of the National Lacrosse League draft, 48th overall. Uh, and basically, uh, basically uh, he, had, he played 19 games last season. He had two goals, 12 assists, 12 penalty minutes. And just reading the article, super small uh, from the Halifax Thunderbirds. But basically, uh, what, 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 he's, what they're saying is that they're stellar, he's a stellar defenseman. Uh, transition defender, and they've had their eye on him for a long time. So just wanted to say the best of luck to Owen Friesen. Uh, really excited for you. Have a great time in Halifax. Uh, and yeah, like good luck at training camp for sure. So moving on to the uh, next guy for the St. Catharines Athletics who recently got signed. And for those wondering why I'm not talking about Line Hiroska. Uh, it's just the fact that he never actually played for the Athletics. He was just signed with us. Uh, so that that's why that's why I'm really not going to bother t- uh, spending too much time on him. Although congratulations to the guy t- not taking anything away from him. Uh, we're moving on to Sam LeClaire, 
Welland native, uh, Notre Dame graduate, former uh, Welland general and St. Catherine Spartan. And he was selected in the sixth round by the Colorado Mammoth, uh, the 86th overall pick. And I did promise everyone that I was going to provide my thoughts on this guy because unlike Owen, I have actually seen this guy play. Uh, I used to go to Welland Generals games a lot. And, like, I, I, I try and hype up uh, Niagara Sports. That's kind of what this podcast is about. But I'm, I'm not going to lie to you here. Uh, this, this guy, I, I, I really don't think Colorado, like, like, I know it's a sixth round. It's a late round. But Colorado probably could have chosen better here. Uh, I hate the crap on the guy because he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's a very good player. Like, again, I've seen him play. But my issue with the guy is I just don't know if he's going to be able to take the heat of professional lacrosse or just professional sports in general. Because uh, I, I have a bit of story, like a, a bit of a backstory with this guy. What, when he played so well in generals, great player for the generals. Uh, let me just get his stats up here. 2016, his rookie year, he had 39 points in 20 games played. Uh, the next year, 2017, uh, he had 58 points in 19 games played. And then the next year, he would be traded to the St. Catherine Spartans. Uh, appar- apparently, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, any inside sources, but from what I've heard, apparently he he wind up a storm, uh, not to like Antonio Brown levels like in football, but he, he just didn't want to play for the Welland Generals anymore, and Part of me gets it because the team hasn't been the greatest over the years. Their history kind of sucks, to be honest with you. But apparently he, he handled it really poorly, uh, which is not good by any means. And obviously, I like, this is back before I tried to be, like, professional about sports and all that stuff. This is back when I was, uh, like, doing memes. Not, not even Niagara Sports Unleashed. Like, this is way back, I'm talking. Uh, when, I, when I had... I had a page covering the junior B team, uh, in my, junior B teams in my hometown. So that would be hockey and lacrosse. And the funny story is, he gets traded to the St. Catherine Spartans, only to be the only team for that team to be the only team to lose to the Welland Generals that season. So obviously, I mean, much like Islanders fans would did with John Varis, except I I didn't throw stuff at him because I'm not like that. Uh, like, throwing stuff, you shouldn't be doing that at any point, really, if you ask me. Uh, but, but I figured, hey, I might as well fund this. I run a meme page. I'm going to make a meme being like, dude, you you really, you really left Welland because you wanted to win, only to lose to Welland. It, it's the same as Kawhi Leonard leaving Canada just to lose to a Canadian in the playoffs, in a way. And like I, I forget the exact joke because it, it was a while ago, right? I. But apparently, like he saw this meme because again, junior B lacrosse, it's not that big. Professional lacrosse, not, n- not even like not everyone follows it, which is unfortunate because lacrosse is a great, super underrated sport, probably the most underrated in the world, alongside Sepak Takraw. If you don't know what that is, look it up. I'm from Thailand. I know this stuff. But the dude, whine, like, stirred up drama over it. He started whining to the Welland Generals, being like, how dare you post this, even though... I don't know how you not realize that it wasn't the Welland Generals posting. It was a page supporting the Welland This guy really thought it was an official Welland Generals page. I, I think he may have been cross-checked in the head too many times. Uh... But yeah, he he start he stirred up a storm about it and basically started crying. Uh, the the guy probably needs to wear diapers. But yeah, like ever since then, uh, I just view this guy as probably the softest lacrosse player I have ever seen. He's a great player, but super soft. Uh, cries a lot. Makes sense. He went to Notre Dame. Uh, guy that I would prefer to not save from my hometown, but he is. So Colorado, he's a late round pick. Like. And if any Colorado fans are listening, he's a late round pick. Uh, I had the I had NLL contracts explained to me since I'm just trying to get back into it ever since it was taken off TV. And apparently the way entry level deals work, 
Uh, and this is for Niagara people too, so that way they know like what's going on here. So he signed the uh, the contract. So he's part of the Colorado Mammoth now. However, training camp, uh, because he's a late round pick, obviously he can prove us wrong, but it looks very likely that he's just going to be on the practice squad because the way the contracts work there, unlike in the NHL, say in the NHL you sign an entry-level contract, they can send you back junior for your year. Apparently lacrosse, it's really rare for that to happen. So he's likely to end up on the practice squad. Uh, my my guy who knows more about this league than me, he basically said that it's unlikely he even sees the light of day unless everyone on the Colorado Mammoth gets injured. But yeah, honestly, Colorado fans, this is probably the the one pick, uh, if any, I won't get too excited about. He's a good player, but his attitude sucks. Uh, he's a baby, and there's a reason why he had the nickname a Snake La Clown for a bit. I I I hate to rip on the guy, really. I mean, again, good player, but his attitude just sucks. Win, and I, you're you're lucky he's a sixth round pick. Uh, crap, I, I just closed off his stats by accident. Let me get them back up for you. Uh, just to exp- just to try and hype up the guy a bit because I feel like I have to recover after just ripping into him. So his junior A stats, uh, he played two games for the Athletics in 2018. He had three assists, so one goal, two, uh, two, assi- um, two assists, three points, I should say. And the next season, he played 11 games for them, 10 goals, 12 assists, 22 points. Now let me just get his O... His junior B stats. He he was a beast in junior B. I'm telling you, like he he was really good in junior B. Like say what you will about the guy, he he's a great player. I and you can't deny that. Born 1999, by the way. But yeah, in junior B, I already told you well in general stats. But 2018 with the Spartans, 52 points in 18 games. 2019, he he tore it up. 79 points in 17 games. That includes 38 goals. I mean. Yeah, like I can, I'll say say what I will about the guy. I you just can't deny that he's a good player. He actually led the Spartans in points, uh, the la, the la, last season uh, during his run as a St. Catherine Spartan. But yeah, like good player. Uh, maybe maybe he's grown up a bit after after whining about everything. Uh, but until 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 I've seen it, I I have a tough time believing it. You know, so. Uh, best of luck to him because he is representing Niagara after all, as unfortunate as it may be that it's him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good player, but he, there's just no other way to put it. Like, he, He's probably the softest lacrosse player I've ever seen. And Sammy, if you're listening to this, you could wind, a, wind up a storm like you, you used to. Or you could show me that you've grown up. Uh, you could you could shut me up by proving me wrong. Uh, you tear it up in the NLL, and I and then I start respecting you. If you ask me, I I would go for option two. Like, like I want you to have that satisfaction of proving me wrong. I want you to grow up, you know, because like, you're a Niagara guy, you're a Welling guy, and I respect you as a player. But I just don't respect you as a person. Anyways, that's enough on this guy. I feel like I ripped into him enough. Uh, if he's if he's still like his old self, he, he's going to cry about it. Uh, and I, I, I got to talk about other stuff. So, so I've, uh, after the uh, this quick message from our quote-unquote sponsors, I will talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. And it'll just be a push from there. Uh, no more commercial breaks after that. So yeah, stay tuned after this quote-unquote commercial break. Now just before I get into the final thing, the big thing where I'm probably going to rant and I may, might even scream into my mic, well, mic in quotations, it's really a phone, here's a message from our, let's just call them sponsors, yeah? <laughs> Moving on to the Stanley Cup final now, welcome back from the commercial break. I just drank water and now suddenly my chest hurts, which is probably... Which is kind of concerning, but whatever, I'll deal with it. Uh, as you know, Tampa Bay Lightning, Stanley Cup champions in six games over the Dallas Stars. Good on them. They went from the biggest laughing stock in the playoffs to Stanley Cup champions. And I fully respect that. 
Uh, and this is pretty much the exact same reason why I thought the London Knights were going to be uh, face the Ottawa 67s in the uh, finals this year had the pandemic not happened and why they, they would have won because of the hunger after, again, last year's and the previous year's embarrassment. Uh, so I just want to congratulate former Ice Dog Carter Verhage, former Ice Dogs captain actually, 1995 born from former Toronto Maple Leaf uh, for about two seconds. Uh, on 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 winning the Stanley Cup, good for him. I'm very happy for him. Uh, this was, uh, according to stats, this was pretty much the first year where he was actually playing for Tampa. Uh, he had 13 points in 52 games in the regular season, and he had two assists in eight games uh, in the playoffs. He didn't play in the final game, but who who cares at this point? He contributed. He did he did what he had to do, and very proud of him. Uh, Jamie Alexiak. Uh, the big rig. Quit calling Patrick Maroon the big rig. Jamie Alexiak is the only big rig. And if you say otherwise, screw you. He had 9 points in 27 playoff games. And we're really happy for him. He played He played his heart out. He also scored the uh, game winner in game 1 against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, which, which was a pretty awesome moment. Uh, but yeah, I mean, thanks to Tampa winning, I've officially won the... Uh, uh, predictions panel with, with uh, Landon Cato, Dakota Betts, and Billy Burke. Just want to give a shout out to those three. Thank you guys so much for taking time to do that with me. It, it was a blast. Uh, we, we all had a good time. Uh, and yeah, just want to thank you guys for that. But that just gets me into something else. So basically the Dallas Stars, they had to deal with injuries in the cup final. Uh, whatever. Every team has to deal with that in the playoffs, right? Uh, but I... I, I need to take this time to rip in someone. Rick Bonus is a fraud. I know people are going to consider this to be a hot take, but Rick Bonus is a fraud. So, one of your guys goes down. I honestly forget who because I've been super busy. And you have uh, two options at winger. Actually, three if, if, you, if you're willing to move a center to the wing. You have Ty Delandria. Uh, the greatest player in Flint Firebirds history. I know it's a five-year history, but, like, come on. He's pretty good. The only thing that he needs to work on is turning over the puck, and then he and then he's basically perfect. Nice guy, too. His parents are really nice people. I met them. I actually bumped into them at, at the airport, hilariously enough. A guy who has 70 points in 47 games played uh, as the captain of the Firebirds just last season. He's available for to play a game. You have Jason Robertson. He only, he was only an ice dog for five minutes, but it was a good five minutes outside the playoffs. He had ten points in ten, ten playoff games. He had seventy nine points in thirty eight games played as an ice dog. If it wasn't for the fact that we choked in the second round, he could have gone down as the greatest rental in Ice Dogs history. However, Jamie Alexiak holds that title. CHL scoring champion that season. Great player. Uh, has a bright, bright future. And I can't wait to see him full-time in the NHL someday. Two really good options, right? Two great options to... To try and replace the guy. Now, is it a guarantee that they're going to play well? No, they might choke under pressure because they're new at this. But, like, even based on the uh, exhibition games, like, Dallas played terrible, but Ty DeLandria damn near scored quite a few goals. Uh, if it wasn't for the goaltending, Ty DeLandria might have actually had, had, like, a hat trick in, in that game. He played so well in the exhibition game against, I believe, Nashville. So you go, you have those two options. Who do you choose between them, right? Well, I know if you're Rick Bonus, you go with freaking Nick Camano, a guy who can only score a goal uh, in overtime if he if he uh, can drill the goalie. Yes, I'm still bitter about that, and I'm not afraid to deny it. Screw this guy. A guy where he when he was traded to the Hamilton Bulldogs, he had 36 points in 41 games, which isn't terrible by any means. Almost a point per game. Uh, he had 22 points in 21 games played, just above a point per game in the playoff for the Bulldogs, and good for him. And he's and he was well known in the Flint community too. He was one 
the original Flint Firebirds players, and the and won the final ever Plymouth Whalers players. You went with this guy. When Jason Robertson and Ty Delandria have already proven that they're, that they're the better players. And I know Nick Camano is a year older. But here's how Nick Camano did in the playoffs. Negative four in four games played. Now, I'm not going to rip too hard on Nick Camano. I thought he played decently well. Uh, like, he, he's, a good, he's a good player, uh, but I kind of view him as a career AHLer at this point. Like, may, like maybe sometimes he'll make the NHL for like a, a stretch and then get back down to the AHL. Kind of like Jeremy Bracco, except Jeremy Bracco is actually never given, being given a fair chance. Uh, but, like, let me compare the choices here. I get why you don't choose Ty Delandria. He's a center. He, he's, be, he's better as a center. You, you, you didn't want to try and convert him. That's fair. But to choose this freaking guy over Jason Robertson is ridiculous to me. And for those who are going to accuse me of bias, because I know that there's going to be haters who are going to accuse me of bias because, oh, I hate Hamilton, the Hamilton team. And yeah, I, I hate them. I can't stand them. I won't deny that. But if I'm so, like, if I'm so biased, then why is, it, why is there a Hamilton fan, probably one of the few, number one Hamilton fans, as in the fact he's actually loyal, a guy who I argue with on a regular basis, too. Like, I barely talk to this guy, and when I do, it usually ends in an argument uh, about our teams. Why does he agree with me that the Dallas Stars would have played better with Jason Robertson in their lineup than with Nick Camano? Again, Hamilton guy is telling me is agreeing with me that Jason Robertson should have been the choice. Now, I will say that on Twitter and stuff, I have been a little harsh on Nick Camano. Uh, he he is a rookie after all, and I I shouldn't have been too harsh on him, and I do apologize for that. Uh, he, he played well, given the circumstances. But, I mean, after, like, if you choose him for the one game, you know what, that's fine. But why isn't it that after a while, when you realize he wasn't going to make an impact, why didn't you try Jason Robertson at any point? You could have at least put him in for game six. And I'm not saying that you're going to win by any means, but you, you might as well just take the chance, right? It's the same old story every time, and I think the re- like the reason why I got so upset about this, probably more than I should have been, if I'm being honest here, I, I did overreact a bit, and I I'm I'm not afraid to admit that. Uh, even though I don't like Nick Commando at all, I think I don't I don't think he's a good person by any means. And again, drilling Stephen Dillon to score a goal and having your team pay the refs enough to have it count is ridiculous. But like. It's the same. It's the same old story every time. And people try and ask me why do I hate Hamilton so much? It's because living in Niagara, especially living in Welland, probably the most disrespected city in all of Niagara, which is ridiculous. Because Welland's not even bad. It's not. It's no tourism place by any means, like Niagara Falls. But like, it's a good place to live. Just don't go on King Street at night. But the reason why this really got to me was the fact that Nick Camano being chosen over Jason Robertson was a symbol the symbolism of why I hate Hamilton in the first place. Hamilton being handed everything that Niagara earns, that Niagara has earned and proven that they deserve. It's the same story every time. 2018 OHL Championship. Don't get me wrong. Hamilton, they were a good team. But it just so happened to be the year that London wasn't that good and happened to be selling their best player, and it also happened to be around the time when the stupid Flint Firebirds owner, Rolf Nilsson, who I genuinely hope sells that team soon, but that team still stays stays in Flint, uh, decides, hey, I'm going to fire the coach twice just so, just because he won't play my dumb kid. Actually, I I, I shouldn't call Hogan Nilsson that. Hogan Nilsson's a good player. Uh, well, he was he was he was an okay player, but like 
he's not a dumb kid. I mean, when I saw him get interviewed, he he was clearly fed up with his dad at that point, and I and I fully respect that. Uh, so because of John Gruden going to Hamilton, he he tells Steve Steos, "Hey, there's some good players that I used to coach. Let's bring him here." Because let's be real, if John Gruden wasn't a, the Bulldogs coach ever, Nick Camano, all those guys, they never end up in Hamilton. I'm telling you that right now. Steve Steos is not a genius. He's an idiot, if you ask me. Steve Steos just happened to know at the time who to listen to. And that guy happened to be John Gruden. I don't like John Gruden, but he's a smart guy, and I'll give him that. But yeah, like... The best way to put this, really, is who who's the better player? The guy with the scoring title or the guy who just so happened to be on a good team? Like, I had a dude once try and convince me that uh, Liam Van Loon was better than Akil Thomas. This is the type of crap that I deal with in Hamilton, and you wonder why I hate that place. The dude tried to tell me, tell me that he was better than Akil Thomas because he won an OHL championship. He played two games! Like, five games during regular season. He was there for less than a minute. And you're trying to convince me that he's better than Akil Thomas because he has has a championship ring? Like, I don't know how else to put this, but, like, it doesn't work like that. I mean, if you try and argue, try and tell me that Robert Thomas is better than Akil Thomas, then, you know what, fine, we can have a debate there. Robert Thomas has made the NHL already. Akil is not. Robert Thomas has has championships. Akil does not. It's fair. But Liam frickin' Van Loon, a guy who's only good at trying to end careers in Junior B. And people will seriously wonder why I'm apparently so harsh on Hamilton. That's why. You got this dork with, with probably the stupidest, goofiest looking profile picture I've ever seen. He, he looks like, I hate to use the term, but he looks like an absolute wanker, if you ask me. Probably has the most punchable face, like, in the history of mankind. And he's trying to tell me that Liam Van Loon is better than Akil Thomas, even though Liam Van Loon did nothing. Like, that, that's, what, that, that's what this is the equivalent of. I, I kind of went off the rails with that one, and I'm sorry, but I get pretty heated just talking about Niagara-Hamilton stuff. And, like... Yeah, I won't lie. Sometimes I do get, go a little crazy with with like my hatred of, of the Hamilton Bulldogs and all the their teams. But really, it, it's the same debate. Like people try to tell me that Nick Commando is a better player because he has a championship, dude. That's not how this works. Not at all. Now again, now going back to Robert Thomas. If you tell me that he's better than Jason Robertson, I will fully agree with you. People think I'm so biased, but even I'll admit when a Hamilton Bulldog is better than Niagara Ice Dogs. I'm not going to come out and say, like, try and think of, try and think of someone right now. I'm not going to come out and say that John Carlo Chanton is currently better than, oh boy. Eh, screw it, nope, Hamilton barely has a defense. Uh, I'm trying to think some. I'm not going to come out and say Anthony Agostinelli is better than Arthur Kaliev. That's stupid. Arthur Kaliev is one of the better players in the OHL. Agostinelli doesn't play all that often. And no respect to Anthony Agostinelli, it just says a lot about the credibility of Arthur Kaliev. Like, I'm not going to come out there and say that. People act like I'm so biased, but even I I know when I have to say that a Bulldogs play better than the Ice Dogs. And people act like that, that like, oh, I think Bulldogs management is stupid just because it's Bulldogs management. No, I don't think Bulldogs management is stupid because it's Bulldogs management. I think Bulldogs management is stupid because they're stupid. Now, yes, their marketing team is awesome. I fully respect their marketing team. And Michael Ann Lauer, I hate the guy for ever bringing the team there, but he he's loyal to the city, and I fully respect that, even if he really shouldn't be. But yeah, people, people are going to try and accuse me of bias for this, but... When even a Hamiltonian uh, agrees and tells me that Jason Robertson would have been a better choice than Nick Camano and they should have given him a, sh- a shot, then yeah. It's the same old story every time. Uh, like, it happens in politics. It happens with, like, 
with like highway construction, all this crap, and like where fun provincial funding goes. Hamilton is handed the crap that we earn. And the crap that we deserve. The only th- the only league that's really ever gotten it right, actually leagues I should say, are the N- National Basketball League of Canada for giving us the Riverlines before giving Hamilton the team. And the OHL, I mean, it's a bit of a weird story, but in the modern era, I mean, the Ice Dogs did exist before the, the Bulldogs. The OHL Bulldogs, I should say. So I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. But other than that, we, we just get screwed over left and right. Like, why don't we have an OJHL team? Actually, to be fair, we have the GOJHL taking over the entire area as well. So that's fair. But why don't we have a PWHL team? Professional, uh, professional, provincial women's hockey league. It's OHL, but for but for girls. Like, what? Why don't we have a team? Like, have you seen the talent coming out of Niagara? I I, I don't get it either. But yeah, like th- that's why I hate Hamilton. They just get handed the crap that we earn. And it's totally unfair. But you know what? Niagara's... That's part of why I'm so proud to be from Niagara. We, we just fight for everything we earn. We, we aren't spoon-fed. We aren't like that's the spoiled rich kid who just gra- grab, like takes all the money and spends it on drugs. Instead, we fight for our money. We fight for everything. Like, And that's how Niagara is and always has been. And it's going to be even more satisfying... Uh, if and when we win the Memorial Cup, hopefully before Hamilton, because trust me, if that happens, I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to move on from this because I really don't feel like screaming. Uh, back to more Ice Dogs news now. Uh, well, technically the last one was still Ice Dogs, but you know, like current Ice Dogs news. Well, actually not current anymore, but. That's besides the point. Christian Spiralia. Probably one of the most underrated goalie in the OHL because nobody ever talks about him. Great goalie. Has lots of potential. Uh, but failed to show uh, find any consistency uh, with the Ice Dogs, unfortunately. He, he was almost always the backup or he was the third string. Uh, but we would try and play him whenever we could. The man was loyal to the Ice Dogs. Great guy to talk to as well. I, I really like the guy. Uh, but on, but now he's gone. And you're thinking, oh, what, what was the trade? Oh, uh, where did we send him? Like, where in the OHL did we send him? I'll tell you where. Nowhere. We sent him to, to Quebec. Well, actually, not in Quebec. New Brunswick. So, just before I go on, here are some stats uh, for Christian Spiralia. Uh, he had a... save percentage in 2018-2019. He played four games. 24 games last season. uh, 0.877 save percentage. Not a bad goalie. He has his moments of brilliance, but he couldn't really find any consistency. And I'm not the only one saying that. Steve Clark said that as well. If you don't know who Steve Clark is, first of all, shame on you. Secondly, he's the greatest play-by-play announcer in the entire OHL. Northgate... North Gay. North Bay's guy is pretty good too. But yeah, uh Christian Spiralia, I like considering how we have five goalies, I kinda get this, but I feel like the the Ice Dogs probably should have tried to trade him somewhere. However, here's what happened instead. Uh the Akadi Baffers Teton have acquired him, they signed him, so I guess we we released him and he he got he uh cleared QMJHL waivers or whatever. And the Akadi Baffers Teton uh, Memorial Cup champions in 2018 uh, have have signed them. Uh, and ba- apparently, what their situation is there is Jan Bednar is trapped in Europe. So Spiralia, I guess, could actually be the starter for the Teton, which is going to be good for him. Seriously, Teton, I don't like you, but if you treat this treat Spiralia well, I might start liking you. I'm just saying. So yeah, he's 19 years old, uh, 2001 born, June 11th to be precise. Uh, and it looks like he's going to be the starter starter until they can get Jan Bednar in there. Uh, this means that their goalie Tommy De, De Silva it has been released. I'm not I, I'm not sure how else to really analyze uh, this piece of news. Uh, Spiralia, great player, great guy. 
really, really chill guy, hard worker and everything. He was dominant in that 6-2 win in Barry that I was at. Uh, but yeah, like, so yeah, he'll be playing for Teton. If, if you don't know, uh, at Caddy Baffers, it's in the city of Baffers, the team, uh, the city has 10,000 people, which is super small, I know, but they, they love their team there. Um, I'm, I, I just, I just wanted to wish him the best of luck. I want to thank him for, uh, his time in Niagara and yeah, I guess, I guess I'm supposed to hate the Teton less now. And for those wondering why I don't like the Teton, it's simple. 2018. The Regina Pats save us from having to deal with Hamiltonians bragging about a Memorial Cup. And the Teton, who didn't beat Hamilton in the round robin play, decides, Oh yeah, Regina, nice cup you got there. Let me just take that from you. So yeah, basically screw Noah Dobson, screw the Islanders, New York Islanders, Charlottetown Islanders I don't care about. And screwed the Teton. Uh, unless they treat Spiralia right. That being said, I swear to God. The Teton are trying to make an OHL team there. Because they got Frank Jenkins from the Bulldogs too. Like what is happening? <laughs> it's weird, but... I I, I respect. They're, they're, they're just trying not to be in the basement for the first time in what feels like forever. It's weird to think that they actually won the Memorial Cup in 2018, just considering how bad they've been these past couple of years. They've been so bad that you would think that they were the Sudbury Wolves before Byfield. And what the hell the Sudbury Wolves are going to be after Byfield, because, oh, yikes. But, yeah, I wish him the best in the QMJHL. I, I think he, he could really tear it up there. Uh, this is a new beginning for him. And, yeah, just... Uh, Take take good care of him, uh, Teton. Take really good care of him. And to the girl I know in Baffert, New Brunswick, or anyone else from Baffert, New Brunswick, who are who's listening to this, feel free to send me a jersey of his, and I and I might and I, and I'll stop hating your team, guaranteed. Moving on. So I was originally gonna put the segment uh, two separate segments, uh, separately, but I'm gonna do this in one because honestly. This needs to be done in one because it's basically the same topic, just different leagues. And I'm continuing on the trend of the QMJHL here because I'm going to lose my mind over this one, okay? This is pretty much the main event of this podcast. So, the QMJHL, as you know, junior hockey, they need money because COVID has basically shot them in the nuts. There's no other way to put it. They have to limit fan capacity if they're even allowed fans. Uh, so here's what's happening. The league needs $20 million from the Quebec government because of revenue loss because of this stupid pandemic. And so they go to the Quebec government and they're like, Hey guys, can we have 20 million? And here's what the Quebec government, uh, the supposed in the supposed holy land of hockey, says to the QMJHL. Yeah, sure. Let's just just ban fighting first and completely ruin the sport. I'm going to lose my mind over this seriously. So these new rules, uh, the QMJHL decided to go with it. By the way, because they need money, and I don't blame the QMJHL at all. It's not what the players want, but they need the money. So, if if a player gets into free fights, they're suspended a game. And, they, and now you get 15-minute penalties for fighting. Do you realize what has just happened? If you take fighting out of the game, you're just going to have cheap hits. And you're going to have careers ending. At least when you get into a fight, if you if your career ends, at least you signed up for it. Instead, now you're going to get guys uh, like taking shots from behind. Uh, you're going to deal with broken neck. You're going you're gonna to have young careers ended. You're going to have people traumatized. Fighting is safer for the game. I don't know how to put this like any other way. Fighting safer for the game. It's better for the game. People want to see the fights. But no. Let's just ban fighting. 
Let's just see. Let me see if I can find the uh, Quebec sports minister's name here. Uh, it's, it's just talking about the commissioner right now. Like I, I'm using a CBC article, by the way. It's usually the first thing that shows up. It, it's just saying Quebec government. You see, like, at least from the CBC end of things, the Quebec guy knows that this is a stupid idea. And he's gonna hide, and he's gonna hide like a baby about this. I don't know how else to put this, but screw you. And a lot of players are gonna say this too. Screw you guys. You really did just did the unthinkable. And I get that, like, what even is the point of banning fighting if fighting's gone downhill over the years, anyways? You're just going to make things worse. The game has gotten safer like, and still kept fighting in there. But now you're going to suspend these guys for trying to police game? You're going to suspend these guys for doing things the honorable way? Meanwhile, if a guy drills another guy from behind, they're just going to get two minutes. I just don't get it. How, how are these freaking flat earthers actually like... So dumb to think this is a good idea. You have to be a, a brain-dead idiot to try and push this. And again, I'm not mad at QMJHL. They needed the money. They had no other choice. And I get it. It sucks. I don't like the decision. But I understand why the QMJHL did it. But to the Quebec government, who doesn't even know how to handle a freaking pandemic for crying out loud, and where the only reason they're not being laughed at and mocked is because of the American government, they decided to meddle with hockey. The so-called holy land of hockey apparently doesn't know what hockey is anymore. I would say they've officially lost that title, but then here's where you... Where it the the disease has basically crossed the the provincial border, and obviously it's already affected the Maritimes because QMJHL. The OHL they want a normal return. They want to be they want to keep things the same, but like obviously fans may not be allowed or just limited capacity. But I I will give full credit to the Ontario Sport Minister. She actually revealed her name, but she probably regrets that because I'm going to be harassing her, her Twitter handle at this point. I'm, going to, I'm just going to start with this. Ontario Sport Minister Lisa McClown, I mean, sorry, McLeod, not McClown. Actually, nah, McClown's pretty accurate. Told TSN this week, the OHL may need to adopt minor hockey's approach by shelving fighting, body checking, and all physical contact when the puck is set to drop if face-offs are even permitted. Okay, the face-off part I didn't even realize was a thing now, but you want to ban face-offs? Face-offs! I might as well just watch soccer at that point on ice! That is so dumb! Who comes up with this stuff? Really? Like... I have a simple solution. Test the players every time they enter and exit the arena. Test the players on a regular basis. And then let them do their thing. Really. Like, at least with Quebec, like I kind of get what they're going for banning fighting, but this is straight up stupid. And like... At the same time, though, with Lisa, I think she's trying to get rid of dirty hits as well as fighting. And, like, yeah, that's the thing. If you're going to get rid of fighting, you better make sure you get rid of dirty hits, too. And I, and I respect that. But all physical contact. You're telling me that I can't see a good puck battle, like, on, on the boards anymore? I can't even see face-offs? This is stupid! I don't know how else to put this. Has, has COVID caused people to lose their minds? Because these people losing their minds is causing me to lose my mind. I don't know how. Do these people even watch sports? These so-called sport ministers? These people are idiots. 
let, let me go to Lisa McLeod's Twitter handle because she, she's not just a sport minister either. She has more power than that. And like, oh, God. Oh, my God, she has a Karen haircut. What a shocker. The Honorable Lisa McLeod. Take that honor and shove it up your... I, I'm not even going to say it. Nova Scotia born. Why is she in Ontario? She is Ontario's heritage, sport, tourism, and culture minister. He's the, she's the MPP of Nepean. Hey, Nepean, you really peed yourself with this vote. And she's a proud Canadian. I find that hard to believe with the crap that you're trying to pull here. You're trying to convince me that this is how the OHL should do things. I hate to, like, is it the legalized weed? Are you on crack now? I don't. You have to be a special kind of stupid to actually think that, that, we, that there's a possible way to ban all physical co- contact in hockey. It might as well just be ice soccer with sticks. Really. I can't wait to see the players start diving. Oh, God. Lisa, do me a favor. Stick to the heritage side of your job. Stick to the tourism side of your job. Stick to the culture side of your job. Because I'm not sure how well the job you've done there. But I, I haven't noticed anything that would significantly piss me off yet. But the sport part? Get out of here. Seriously. Do you even watch sports? And no, professional bell ringing doesn't count, you dumb blonde. You're, tr- you're really trying to convince me that this is a good idea. I'm just going to scroll through Twitter because I'm curious right now. Thank you. What a great firm. Screw, screw you and your forum. Uh, Tim Hewitt. Oh, God. That's enough to say yikes. Uh, Nick Kiprios, o- October 1st. Honored to be part of this very important discussion. Hashtag Rowan's Law Day. I think that's about concussions. Uh, and Lisa McCloud. McLeod's original tweet saying this was an exceptional panel to be a part of. I'm grateful to Eric Lindros, Nick Kiprios, and Tim Fleischer for their dedication and commitment to Rowan's Law Day. Check it out. Lisa, here's the difference between you and those three guys. I feel like if you ask those three guys about this, because you really should be asking actual players about this and actual people in hockey who actually know hockey about this, they would tell you that straight up that you're a moron. They would probably be nice about it. Don't get me wrong, because if you talk to me, I'm just going to tell you you're a moron and you should and you should just quit your job. But if you talk to these guys, they'll be nice about it. But they'll tell you, this is a stupid idea. Beyond stupid. Like, I I get COVID and all that stuff, but at this point, like you you might as well not even have the sport in the first place if, if you're gonna ban all of this. Players don't want this. Teams don't want this. Coaches don't want this. Fans don't want this. Your job is to represent the people. And let me just say that you've done a terrible job because you're an idiot. And to Doug Ford, listen. I don't agree with everything Doug Ford does, but he's done a great job handling COVID. Uh, but the problem is, he he also got the equivalent of COVID as a sport minister in this province. Why is this dumb blonde, who clearly has never seen a game of hockey in her life, the sport minister? You're trying to even get rid of face-offs. I, I get it for minor hockey. I get it for like two-year-olds, five-year-olds. I wouldn't do it for 15-year-olds. I mean, they're about to enter the OHL. That would just be a dumb idea. Like, I get it for minor hockey. Because minor hockey, like, it's pay to play. And you want to keep these kids safe. You don't want parents getting angry. Though I feel like parents are getting angry over these rules. And I, and I fully understand that. And I don't want to see a two-year-old get hurt. In hockey, that's like the worst thing. I just want to see him have a good time, you know? Or her. Because girls do play hockey. I have fr- I have female friends who play hockey. But you, you're actually... Why? Do you hate... Do you hate your people? I 
Like, why is this actually even a discussion? Why do people... Like, what is the trend going on here? Oh my god, I'm actually gonna... I might chuck something at my wall shortly. This is ridiculous. The Like, you let the NHL uh, do their thing, and that's good. Like, you let the NHL do everything normal just with no fans. And I get for the OHL, they can't do a bubble and stuff. But, like, you can't ban everything from the sport. Oh, yeah, like, so, how are we going to keep hockey safe today? Well, let's just ban fighting. Let's ban any physical contact in general. Let's ban face-offs. Are you even watching hockey at that point, really? Lisa, do you, do you know what you're doing? Lisa Simpson, sorry, Lisa McLeod, I mean, McLeod, or, or should you just resign? I think you should resign. Do yourself a favor and resign, because the amount of heat you're going to take from this is ridiculous. This is, this is a hockey nation, and you're disgracing it. You are a disgrace to this province. You are a disgrace to this country. And same goes for the Quebec minister, who's too much of a pussy to even show himself, according to the CBC article anyways. Partially because I'm too lazy to look up who the Quebec minister is, okay? Because I, I, I really don't care about politics. And I hate the fact that politics is tied into sports. No, no matter what our, whether I agree with everything or not. I, I'm just reading through this, and this is crap. Like I think the I think the OHL like I I they know what they're doing. It's it's like the education system, and I hate to get political here, but I have to because politics is an, is interfering with, with our hockey. It's like the Ministry of Education. They don't hire teachers; they just hire goofs who think they know more than teachers. And I'm not quoting myself there; I'm quoting one of my former teachers. And then those goofs try and tell teachers what to do, even though the teachers know what to do. They know better than you because they've actually taught. Like, Lisa, have you ever seen a hockey stick in your life? Have you ever seen hockey in general? Or do you just get too drunk at the bar and pass out on the table? Like... Clearly, you didn't screw up tourism, though it's pretty hard to screw up tourism in Ontario. I'm just saying. I don't know what you do as a heritage minister. Like, I guess you just get interviewed by the History Network regularly and up and make textbooks. I don't know. Uh, like, what else do you do? Culture minister. Well, that's simple. Just promote diversity and tell people not to be freaking racist. But sport minister, you all. I feel like this is a hard job to screw up in itself. If you're the sport minister, don't get involved unless something actually needs fixing. And if something needs fixing, don't just make a stupid rash decision like this. Ask the people who are actually involved in the sport. Like, say I'm sport minister, for example. Like, I know hockey pretty well, but I don't play hockey. I, I, I need to get a player's perspective. I need to get the commissioner's perspective. I will talk to them, and I'll seek their advice. I'll see what they say. I'm not just going to straight up say, oh, well, we're not going to let you play if, if you ban everything about hockey. Basically, the two options here are, would you like to have your feet chopped off, or would you like to have your hands chopped off? That's what Lisa is proposing to the OHL. Would you like to not play at all? Or would you like to basically not play at all? You're screwing the players over. Really. This is dumb. And like, in a situation like this, this is where you start to understand why a goof like Kobe Moore starts to get mad at these leagues. But the thing is, it's not even the league's fault. I don't blame the QMJHL for, for giving in. Cause I don't. I feel like the QMJHL didn't even want to actually. They did consider it at one point, but like I don't blame the QMJHL. Uh, like with the whole money thing. Like they had the vote, but unfortunately the whole money thing happened. I don't blame them at all. But like, 
to the Quebec government and to Lisa McLeod, go to hell. Seriously. Just go to hell. Quit your job and go to hell. Because you do not know what you're doing. At all. You really don't. You act like you do, but you don't. For God's sake, Brian Burke would be more, more qualified as sport minister. And I don't even, I, and I can't stand Brian Burke. But here's the thing. Brian Burke was at least a general manager of teams. He's a sports analyst now. He actually watches sports. Just hockey, really. But still sports. But no, let's just hire the culture minister. Because the culture minister basically doesn't do anything besides, yay, diversity. Who's also the tourism minister. Because you don't have to do anything for in, as a tourism minister. You just say, hey, okay, I'm just going to sit here until, until something gets screwed up. And as the heritage minister, where I guess you just talk to the history network. So, I don't get these positions. What, what are, like, she's the most useless person in, in the government of Ontario. Like, the only thing she's really useful for is a sport minister, and she's just botching that. Get the hell out of this country. I'm telling you. Go to hell. Just quit your job. Get out of this country. You're a disgrace to Canada. An absolute disgrace. And if I'm from Nepean, Ontario right now, I'm disowning her. The moment she gets voted out, because she's going to get voted out for this. I'm telling you that now. Moment she gets voted out, I'm just disowning her. If I if I'm friends with her, I'm not. I'm just, I'm done being friends with her. I'm I'm isolating myself from her. I'm blocking her on every piece of social media I have. Like if you're friends with this chick, if you like this person, congratulations, you've disgraced your Canadian heritage. Like Lisa. Do you have a concussion or something? Because I feel like you were beat up a lot in high school. For being this stupid. I. <sighs> ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Just. I just have a brilliant idea. To keep sports fun. Let the players play and quit meddling in their goddamn business and let the leagues do what they want to do. Because you're just going to make situations worse. You have a... I don't know how to put, put this again, but you actually have to be a brain-dead idiot to think that you can take physical contact out of hockey. That's like taking punching out of boxing. You just take away the entire sport. What's next? Oh, you're not allowed to score, shoot and score anymore? You're not allowed to have nets in hockey? Get out of here. Oh my god. I've gone on for like 21 minutes now and... I just don't get... I'm actually going to lose my damn mind. I'm going to lose my mind. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely freaking ridiculous. But here's my plea to the OHL. Tell Lisa to jump off of a cliff. And contact the NHL. Contact whoever you can. And try and get money from them. Because it... Like... Or... And hopefully... The problem is, I don't know if the government of Ontario will allow this because Lisa McLeod's a clown for the government of Ontario. L limited capacity seating. Like, really. I, I don't... I don't know how else to put it. Or or even, like, use the, rent a drive-in theater in Pelham if you're the Ice Dogs and have people watch the game from a drive-in theater. There's so many options here. But no, we're, we're going we're gonna to listen to Lisa McClown, who's apparently supposed to be some sports expert, when she clearly has never watched a sport in her life. Why do we hire these people for these jobs? Ha like, I swear to God, half of the ministers in Ontario are just useless at this point. Like, you got the Ministry of Education, who just tells teachers to do stuff that they shouldn't be doing. And then you got the sport minister who's like, yeah, let's ruin the greatest sport on earth. Like, what's next? 
oh, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to try try and take the ball from someone lacrosse because what? I I'm trying. Ah, I'm actually gonna lose my mind. Like I'm, I've already lost my mind. I'm, I'm losing my mind. I don't know how to wrap my head around this. This is dumb. This is really, really, seriously dumb. The fact that I have to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. I want to talk about projections for the Ice Dog season. I want to talk about the Quebec Ron Parts or something. By the way, the Ron Parts season opens tomorrow, Saturday, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, against the Victoriaville Tigres. Hunter Holmes, uh, given uh, the, the A for alternate captaincy. Good on him. And shout out to all the Flint Firebirds players uh, sharing my post. Gotta respect it. Also, speaking of the Firebirds, just imagine if Ethan Keppen was at 100% last season. Oh boy. I'm going to try and move on from this. Because I, I might chuck my laptop if I don't. So I'm just going to finish things off. I think this episode is going to be longer than usual, but not like the extreme amount, hopefully. Uh, with the Ice Dogs draft pro- prospects, as you guys know, the NHL draft is happening October 6th to 7th because 2020 is whack. Uh, so I'm just going to get right into it. Uh, I'm just going to provide my thoughts on them, and yeah. Starting off, Cameron Butler, 2002 born. We acquired him in the Akil Thomas trade. Uh, for picks uh, and him. Like, we got picks and him uh, in exchange for Akil Thomas. In 39 games uh, with the Peets, he had 19 points, including 12 goals. 27 games with the Ice Dogs, he had 13 points, including 6 goals. Uh, Camp Butler, I believe he is... Let me just check here. He's ranked uh, 192nd overall by future consideration. Actually, wait, there's NHL Central Scouting. 138th overall amongst North American skaters by... Uh, Central Scouting, uh, really good, super underrated player, young guy. Uh, I gotta be honest here. Like when we first got him, I was pretty upset because I remember, like before uh, we even I even heard about getting him. Uh, like it was a Peterborough Niagara game, New Year's Eve. I'm I'm chirping the guy the entire time because he kept taking dumb penalties, and then we traded for him. We traded my favorite player for him, and I'm just there like, oh, well I made a meme of this guy, and his girlfriend got mad at me. So, uh, this is awkward, right? Uh, like it's super awkward. Needless to say, he was a great, he's been a great player for us. I think he's really going to tear it up next season. The only thing with Cam Butler is that I just wish he would stop taking dumb penalties. And I'm going to say this every time. Cam Butler has the potential to be an elite player in the OHL. What's holding him back is the fact that he takes really, really, really dumb penalties. Often at the worst possible timings. The epitome of it for me was uh, the Valentine's Day game. Tied 3-3 free free with four minutes left to go against Hamilton. He loses a puck battle, I believe, to Michael Renwick. Uh, so what does he do? He decides to deliberately, and yes, this is obviously intentional, uh, deliberately trip Renwick and take a penalty... And then Hamilton would score on that power play, and he basically cost us the game. If Cam Butler can stop doing that crap, Cam Butler is going. It could be an elite player in the OHL. I think he's. I think he's going to get drafted in the seventh round if anywhere. Uh, but yeah, like that's just the thing that's holding him back there. Good player though, big guy. He can fight. He's physical. Uh, I I like him. I just he just needs to. Uh, focus on those mistakes. Next up, Jake Uberti, also 2002 born. Really nice guy. Uh, Toronto native. Uh, he, he had 33 points this season, 57 games played, compared to last year's 9 points in 59 games played. Uh, he was okay for us. He wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible by any means. Uh, Central Scouting has him ranked at 147th overall. I'm worried about him. I don't know if he's going to get drafted or not because I feel like he uh, he definitely need, need like higher numbers. There's not even a quote for him. I'm not going to go on too much about him. Good character guy. He has he has great potential, and I think if someone did take him, uh, he could actually uh, turn out uh, decently well for, for that team. 
Uh, he scored a pretty sick uh, goal uh, with great hand-eye coordination at the uh, Peterborough game I was at. Uh, between Niagara and Peterborough, the New Year's Eve one. Uh, but yeah, not too much on J.Q. Birdie. Good guy, good player, good character, hard worker. Uh, he just needs to be better in the future. So next up we get into the two really big picks right now. Uh, one of them isn't ranked and then Daniel Gushin I'll be getting into. He didn't play for the Ice Dogs, so that's why I didn't po- post about him. Uh, no matter how how much people want to cry about it to me. I love Daniel Gushin, but he didn't play for us and it only makes sense. Uh, we're we're going to get into uh, Tucker Tynan. As you know, the Tynan, he, he was uh, ranked uh, third overall amongst North American goalies. Uh Going into the season, uh, he's no longer ranked. Uh, nearly dying would do that. But he had a .910 save percentage in 23 games played this season. Uh, .924 the previous season, 24 games with the New Jersey Rockets. Great player. Uh, I know he's not ranked, but I do believe that there's going to be a team who's going to get... Sorry, it's got stuffed up. I do believe that there's going to be a team that's going to consider... Uh, go, uh, going after him in the seventh round and just taking a chance with him, you know, because I think I think he he has potential to be a great goalie, like at, uh, like in the professional level. I I think uh, I think he has a lot of potential with that. Obviously, uh, we'll see how this season goes, but I I do think that there's going to be a team that does take a chance on him. Great character guy as well, uh, Chicago native. Uh, I I'm I'm pulling for him, but yeah, he's not ranked. But I think he could he could very well be drafted. Also, uh, I love how elite prospects randomly showing OHL scoring leaders for this season, and Daniel Gushin's up there, even though no games have been played. He they put him fifth, by the way. And next up, we got Daniel Gushin. Uh, Daniel Gushin, obviously, we got from the import draft. He played for the Muskegon Lumber Lumberjacks last year of the USHL. Forty-seven points in forty-two games is. Really good. Plus 21 as well. I, I don't think plus minus matters that much. But when it's like that's that significant, I, I felt like I should bring it up. Uh, in the uh, World Juniors, uh, not World Juniors, Air National Junior, as this thing says. Uh, six points in 12 games. Not bad by any means. Uh, he's ranked uh, 41st overall by NHL Central Scouting. Uh, really great goal scorer. I'm I'm really excited to watch him play. I think he's going to lead the Ice Dogs in points next season alongside Pano Femis and Cam Butler. That better be the top line. Billy, I'm begging you, please make that the top line. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just really excited to see him play. Uh, second round pick, almost definitely, if you ask me. Uh, and I think he's going to be even better in the OHL uh, just because the OHL is a better league. I don't know how else to put it. OHL is a better league. We play more than 42 games a season. Just saying, USHL. But yeah, anyways, I, I didn't want to go on too much there because I didn't want this podcast to last too, too long. I got to have dinner before I drive to work at 10.30 p.m., I know. Uh, so thank you guys so much for uh, listening to this episode of Niagara Sports Talk. Be sure to check me out, Niagara Sports Unleashed on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, uh, thank you so much for your support. Have yourselves an awesome day.